I talk a lot on the air here about the polarization and the division in politics these days, and you know it bugs me. I hate it. It 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 just it, it's frustrating to me that we allow ourselves to be put in these boxes where it's sort of like just turn off your brain and react because this is the party you belong to. It's it's sad. It, it is. But maybe I'm overstating it. Maybe I'm being too cynical around this because it seems to me like it's way more aggressive, way more hostile, and maybe it's just the world that I live in, being here doing this. Um, but it feels like the common ground that we share just seems to shrink a little bit every day. But like I say, maybe there's a little more subtlety to it than I see. Um, and you know, that it's not just left, right, go to your corners and come out swinging. There's more to it. Maybe we agree on more than it would seem. At least that's the premise. Uh, that'll be put forward by our next guest, Dr. Jared Wesley, professor of political science at the University of Alberta. Dr. Wesley, thanks for joining us. Nice to chat again. Good morning. So you and your group, Common Ground, this is what you do, right? You've spent years studying this very issue. So let's start with what you found out about the overall image of Albertans, because you ask people, you know, hey, what does an Albertan mean? What does it look like? What's the answer? What do they tell you? What's Alberta all about? Yeah, well, I think a lot of people, when we talk to them in our focus groups, describe the typical Albertan as, um, you know, the stereotype, right? Um, somebody who works in oil and gas, somebody who works in agriculture, somebody who's typically male, somebody who's typically white, blue collar, uh, from a rural area, and so on. Um, but what we found, obviously, is that when you look at, at the census, when you look at our Viewpoint Alberta survey results, that's not how Albertans look in, individually, right? Yeah. And in fact, yeah. So they, they, that's how they view Albertans, and that's how they view Alberta. But when you ask them, they don't identify. How do they see themselves? What do they see? You know, if you ask me what I'm looking what's the, what's the difference there? What do they say? Yeah, I'm, I'm not breaking any new ground here for you this morning. But, I mean, Janet Brown's been talking about this for the last couple of decades. Albertans are fundamentally in favor of strong, robust social programs, and they're tax-averse. When it comes to social <laughs> issues, they tend to be more on the inclusive side of the spectrum. And in describing them like that, there's really not a lot of difference between the average Albertan and the average Canadian. Okay, so do you get, I mean, are we, are we talking like 50-50 or the majority of Albertans? Like, how does that, how does that break down? Do you have, you know, numbers behind it? Yeah, so when we ask Albertans, for example, to place themselves on a left-right spectrum, about half place themselves in the center or to the center left, and about half place themselves just right of center. Interesting. Right. So, um, you know, this notion that we're polarized is part of that 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 grand perception. I liked your your observation off the top, saying that you know you and I work in in this yeah. business where we're surrounded all the time by by highly polarizing what some people call factionalistic or tribalistic yep. type of rhetoric from political parties, and it's hard not for us to see that as being the reality. But for most folks, I got to tell you, for the last twenty years I've been doing research in this province, one thing comes becomes pretty clear: most Albertans don't want to think about politics, and when they do, they want to take a more a more pragmatic moderate approach i think you're so right and, and i talk about that a lot on budget days because you know i mean in, in media budget day is like christmas and everybody ramps up and there's lock up and there's all and you know what i think for most people at home it's kind of like oh it's budget day i i, I don't care you know it, it doesn't really register on radar for most for your average albertan canadian whatever the case may be so i mean you're right and is it is it more likely that people like us that are sort of surrounded by politics constantly are more partisan too i mean does that come with it people that are more political are more likely to be 
quote-unquote extremist. And don't get alarmed out there in the audience. I'm not saying extremist, just farther to the edges of the spectrum. I think people that are more engaged in politics don't tend to be more extreme necessarily, but they tend to harbor more animosity towards people who they see as being on the other side of the spectrum. Okay. Right. And, and they seem to be less trustful. Our research shows that, for instance, they're, they're less likely to want to strike up a friendship, let alone have someone from the opposite side of the spectrum join them in their family or move in next door to them. But, but we have to keep in mind that that is a, a very small proportion of the Alberta electorate. Most folks position themselves at the center. When we ask Albertans, interestingly enough, to identify with a whole bunch of different political labels, the most popular one, 48% of Albertans describe themselves as moderate. That's followed by 44% who say that they're conservative and 43% who say they're progressive. Okay. And and a total of 8 in 10, 80% of Albertans describe themselves as both progressive and conservative which suggests that this this notion that we're somehow ideologically polarized uh, is a bit of a misnomer, but we're also um, not all you know cleaving into these these two parties that are there that are um, that are waging campaigns. Most folks don't identify strongly with either the New Democrats or the UCP. They're caught in the middle. Interesting, really interesting. And, and, and we, I'm sure you and I could talk for hours about why it never translates at the polls. When we take a look at elections, I mean, we were a conservative bedrock for decades. Then we veered to the left for four years. Now we're back to the right for four more years and another four on top of that, it looks like. Uh, I mean, so why? Let's just throw the Alberta party into this. That's what they say they are. That's what they tell themselves. But you know what, Jared? And everybody, and I'll get texts constantly from people saying, I think I'm a centrist. I'm a moderate. That's where I belong. Nobody votes for them, though. Yeah, the first thing I would say is the veering from left to right, I think, is is also um, a bit of a mirage, right? A, a, a bit of a, a, a bit of a myth. Um, you know, if you take a look at popular vote totals in, in Edmonton, for example, the Conservatives poll quite well here. It, it just it doesn't translate into seats. Yeah. But we often look at the election outcomes only in terms of seats. But the other thing I would say, too, is that some level of polarization is actually a good thing. Right. Because we, we don't want to have elections where we have two leading parties or three leading parties that are offering exactly the same kind of platform. That's not healthy for mm-hmm. democracy. We need to have some kind of reasonable choice on the ballot. And to the extent that we have the potential for two, these two parties to reach out to folks in the political center or even just to the other side of the political spectrum, I think is healthy. That's that's what we've known as, as brokerage party politics yeah. uh, in Canada more generally. And if we can get the two parties through our own, you know, our own research, but also, you know, individual citizens talking with parties and, and signaling to them that's what we want, then I, then I think we're in a better place. Okay, so that, you mentioned it earlier, and I want to circle back to it. We don't have that. As you know, it's, it, 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 maybe it's just, you know, what we see on social media and what we hear on shows like this and what we hear from our political leaders, let's be honest here, is that vilification, that demonization, it is that tribalistic, hyper-partisan, us-versus-them mentality. So if most of the populace doesn't buy into that, why is it so common and so effective, Jared? Well, I think, you know, political strategists on all sides of the spectrum are, are pursued what, what um, a conservative strategist Flanagan um, put forth in about a decade ago, which is the minimum minimum coalition. What this means is you try to cobble together just votes to win a slim majority, right? And and that should be enough for you to govern. It's actually easier for you to govern because then you have many different people. Different right, yeah. Things, right? Um, so from an electoral strategy standpoint, it's tremendously uh, 
you know, successful. And, and Danielle Smith said as much. She wasn't looking to win seats in Edmonton. She wasn't looking to win seats in most of Calgary. And and while the New Democrats didn't say that, I mean, the, if you look at the way they spent their resources, they didn't spend a lot of time in, in rural areas no. either. They treated so each each party is treating different parts of the province as flyover country, and that's not that's not healthy. And that's not just here in Alberta, by the way. It's happening in federal politics as well. The hope from a political science perspective is that the pendulum will eventually swing back as it has uh, in you know in previous decades. Well, that's encouraging. I mean, and how does that happen? Is I, I I've given up holding out hope. That leaders will say, you know what, this is what's better for us as a country to to set aside the strategy that you mentioned. Um, I think it has to be forced by us, the voters. Um, how does it happen? How does the pendulum swing the other way? Well, a lot, of, a lot of your listeners might not like this, but it's going to be a longer process than one election cycle, and it's going to require a lot of those radical centrists, right? Yeah, radical yeah. centrists to re-engage with these political parties and convince them that there is an incentive, there actually are votes to be had through a strategy that, that pulls people from across the political spectrum, right? Now, now that doesn't mean that we all hold hands, sing sure. kumbaya, and, and ignore extremists like Nazis and, and eco-terrorists and so on. That's not what our argument is at all. We have to draw a line somewhere, but we do have to start reaching across across the spectrum a bit, which is what our Common Ground Project is trying to do with our focus groups this summer. So if folks are interested in having these conversations, we'd love for them to join us. We'll be throughout the province over the next two months. You can go to commongroundpolitics.ca and sign up. We'd love to see you. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. We'll follow up and and see what you find out over the course of the summer. Um, Jared, thanks so much for being here. I always appreciate it.